Thank you. Thank you so much. Accountants don't usually get applause like that. So. I did record it. Thank you. I have it on my, uh, what I'll do is I'll put it on all of my Glasgow phone numbers that I have. So every time somebody calls me or texts me, it'll go up. Yeah! I know who that is. Excuse me, Bill, I'll be right back. <laughs> I got to take this call. Fine. Well, it's a real honor to be here at a pastor's pulpit. It's, um, it's something that's not given away lightly, and uh, so I really appreciate that, pastors. And, and uh, just want to say uh, thank you to all the kind, beautiful people of Glasgow. We've really been loved on and had so much fun, and, um, you know, it's a real delight. I just... I, I, it's been a rich and warm time, and the teaching has been good. So we've had fun. I mean, it's what I mean is <laughs> that sounded weird. Yeah. What's in my mind is that it can seem like a one-directional affair when a speaker comes and is giving messages or rants or raves or whatever they're saying, it feels maybe like it's one directional, but it's not. It is going both ways. And we're getting as much as you are, maybe more. I am. And I've really been deeply touched by Glasgow, and uh, I want to prove it with a gift. It's um, a thing that I am doing with the Lord I don't know if anyone has paid attention, but when worship is happening, I'm in my iPad. I'm typing and I'm adjusting and, and I'm grooming out stuff. And what it is, is he, God got me on this little, this little game of taking a verse from Scripture and then converting it into my own words, what is happening while I chew on that verse. And I've got a collection of those now, and I'm having a lot of fun uh, chewing on the verses, thinking about it, meditating on it. But I do it during worship. I'm not texting or emailing, I promise. <laughs> what I'm doing is writing it, rewriting it, rewriting it again, watching, listening, rewriting it again. And it'll go through lots of iterations. Sometimes they take me a year or two to get them done. So it's a lot of fun. This one didn't take very long. I did this when I first landed. I was actually on the plane and I just had a sense of, of um, royalty with God moving among us. And so I've kind of, in my messages, it's, I've kind of been using pieces of it. You wouldn't know that. But I thought I'd just share it. And uh, what I'll do is I'll read the two verses so you have the context, and then I'll read the piece. Now, the piece, I have two requirements on myself. The first one is that it be as, as high I can reach in my 
capacity of writing English language, you know. Not just flippant. I mean, I really weigh the words and try to work on it. I'm sure it's not finished, but I'll share with what I have. The other requirement is that, not, that it has to be exactly 100 words. It can't be 99, can't be 101. It has to land at exactly 100. And so that can be a challenge. So I'll wax philosophical for a moment. Is that okay? And uh, if it's not very good, I still have the recording of the applause. So it's fine. If it's not any good, don't even worry about it. I got what I came for. (laughs) All right, the first verse is Matthew 18. 18 through 20. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. The second verse is Isaiah 6.1. And Isaiah has had a vision. It says, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. So this, this is what came. Father of splendor, our doors await your magnificence. Enter our meeting here on earth the way you do in heaven. When the train of your robe swallows those temples whole. Shoulder in your majesty. Crowd us as you walk among our chairs and souls. We are jostled by such tangible presence. For you are real and we are not fragile. We are children, yes, but a child blood-bought and love-fought. We olives, wild and grafted, learning to bind and loose and feeling the lines of your caring face, being formed and finished within the train of your robes. So that is a gift to you, Glasgow. God bless you guys. That'll... That'll end up in a little devotionals someday. And I'll dedicate that to the UK. I've got a few of them now. I just finished some others, so it's fun. So, Lord, I just, again, I ask you just to bring your presence into this room. Come in here up those steps, holy king, and march among these chairs, Lord. We just... 
We're just, we just bury ourselves, our faces, our hands in the robe, the train of your robes. Papa, we ask that you would sit between us and among us and tinker with us, God. Just handle our hearts and just, we're your church. We're your people. And we, we serve a living God. We remind ourselves he's a living God. This one is real. All the others are images, but this one is real. And we, we are happy to follow you. And we're hard after you, but we do it right now from our seats beside you. We just ask, God, that you'd be really pleased with what happens the rest of today. Just dedicate it. It's your Sabbath day, and we honor you, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, today we're going to talk about a message that means a, a lot to me. It's, I call it Solomon's Secret. I've taught it before. I learned this in a vision, and so um, this one isn't really like a message so much as just kind of sharing something, kind of an experience I had, and I'm learning about my life in Christ. You know, I've been after it for a while. I was telling Mark, who led worship today, we were in before service praying, and we got done, and I gave him a hug. I like Mark, man. You're my man. But I'm hugging him, and in his ear, I whisper, this today, the old guys. There's a lot of young lions in this church, the young men and women, the young lions. You're going to carry this thing, but today, you're going to have to run, because the old lions, we got this. We're not dead yet. That's right. That's right. So I like my brother Mark. He's my man. Yeah, so I'm in this, this journey with the Lord, and I don't know what year it was when I got saved, but I was... I was um, I think I was 17. Yeah, when I first when I first came to the Lord, and so I've been I've been working my way. I'll come back to this point later. I'll say it now. When I first came to Christ, I was a little bit dirty, a little bit messy. You know, like we all are, right? Kind of living in the world. You get. Remember yesterday, if you weren't here, I told you. My grandpa used to say, Stevie, never wrestle with a pig because you both get muddy and the pig likes it. And that was my condition when I met Jesus. I was a bit muddy. And Jesus found me and just kind of, just totally accepted me there. You know what I'm talking about? He just kind of reaches down and pulls us right out of that mud hole. He says, hey, son, why don't you come right up here and... And so I've been working on getting cleaned up now for a while. I've been kind of a slow study, but I'm, I'm learning. And so I get to a point where I'm starting to learn some things. And I have a vision one day. This was a few years back. I can't remember that year either, but not that long ago. About not three years ago, more than two. So not too long ago. I have this vision. And in it, 
God shows me a different room. It's like heaven for me. It's like my Christianity has been like passing from room to room. It's like when I first got saved, everything was new. You know what I mean? And everything was easy, and it was, it was just like miraculous, and like color was brighter, and I was saved, and just a lot of cool stuff. And then, then I got into, that isn't me. A little flutter on the, on the sound up, up here, but I got, uh, I, I, I advanced my way through my life in Christ and learning different things, but this vision a couple years ago was completely new for me. I like found this room and in the room some things I'll describe. But before I do, I have to tell you a little story to get some context. Once upon a time, this is a true story, I went to Africa. I was on a little mission trip with some great guys. And in this, in this trip, Kind of coincidentally, it wasn't planned, but kind of circumstances unveiled, unrolled out. I ended up having a chance to meet the first lady, which is the president's wife. And it was my first states person, first head of state to meet. And uh, it was a real honor. And, but they also had to kind of train us protocol before we went in because I didn't, none of us knew how to really meet with a head of state. And uh, we don't really have these kinds of things in America. So, you know, they, they sat us down, and we had a little briefing. They sat us down, and they said, look, uh, the first lady is going to meet with you in about an hour, and you need to know some things so that you uh, represent honorably. And the first one is you will only address her by her proper title. Madam First Lady. Okay, Madam First Lady. It kind of rolls off my tongue. She said, they said, second, you never reach for or touch her unless she initiates it. Oh, that would be good. Because, you know, California, we're kind of like, hey, smack. You know, how you doing? High five, knuckles, you know. And um, she's probably not going to respond to that unless she reaches first. Now, if she, like, goes, bump, you know, then... But you don't do it first. Or these guys with the little things in their ears will come and carry you out. Yeah. You don't walk up and put your hand on her shoulder. Photo opportunity. Don't do that. Oh, good to know. Third, don't speak out of turn. We came up in a line, and we sat in this row of little couches, and we all had our position. I was number three. And in this position, I was to speak third and not second or first or fourth or ninth. or You know what I mean? I had to speak in turn. Okay. Not only that, but when I spoke, I had to be brief and to the point. She said, or the guy who was t- teaching us, he said, choose your words wisely. You get one chance. Okay. Now, it's not because she was mean or anything. It's just she was busy, and she, would, she had granted an audience, and she was going to boom, 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 and then that was it. So choose your words wisely. Okay. And the last one is they say, if you have a gift, 
presented at the end. In this African country that I won't name, the, the rule was you, for the men, you bring the gift at the beginning. For the women, you bring the gift at the end. Yeah, it was weird. Now, it just so happened that I had, for some reason, thrown in a business card holder. You know those little metal things that you put your business cards in and you buy them? I got this one. I, it was given to me. It was like maybe worth, you know, a pound. I mean, it was, it was cheap. It was junk. But for some reason, I felt like God said, take that to Africa. I'm like, okay. So I threw it in my bag. We're getting ready to go to meet this person. And again, the Holy Spirit says, take that. I'm like, I'm not giving that to her. <laughs> but he didn't answer me, so I, all right, so I take it. So we get there, and the guys say, we're right before the briefing. He says, he says now take your phone up, turn, you know, we need your phones. You, you can't take anything in except your gifts. And the Holy Spirit says, take that. I'm like, <laughs> dude, now do you talk to God like that? We do in California. Dude, I'm not taking that in to Madam First Lady. You know, this is dumb. So he didn't answer me. So, shoot. so I take it. I stuff it in my pocket. And I'm thinking, I am, I'll do it, but I am not giving her this thing. So anyway, we get in there. It's my turn. Number three. I get up, say my little deal, and she is just a queen. Uh, not literally, because you have literally ones, but we don't. So that's figuratively saying that. She was just um, amazing, Dig- dignified and gracious and beautiful. She was just amazing. And I was having so much fun. And I get done with my little deal, and the Holy Spirit says, give her the gift. I am like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> this is dumb. Now, I was number three, so the first person gave him really cool gifts from Bethel, like the latest books. The next one gave him, like, all the recent music. This was years ago, right? But all this is going on, and I've got a one-pound valued piece of junk trinket that you would put business cards in. So my moment comes, I'm all done speaking, and I pull out my little metal dumb thing, and I go, Madam First Lady, this is your gift. She went, ooh, ooh. She reaches across and takes it. Ooh. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is, this is not going well. She goes, oh, this is perfect. I don't know why she has an English accent here. I know. <laughs> Have you noticed Californians aren't that good on our accents? Anyway, she goes, oh, it's perfect. She says, I just got new business cards, and they are too big for mine. And she's all this, she is delighted, like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, God told me to bring that. (laughs) 
That's how we roll. <laughs> and all my guys are around me like, dang, that's awesome. I'm like, <laughs> sit back down. Doesn't take much to entertain us. So I learned protocol. I learned it well. It worked. So now we're going to go years later. I'm in a vision. I'm, actually, I'm standing in this room and I'm praying. I'm talking to the, to the Lord about stuff. And I was in a good spot and I'm just talking away. And all of a sudden, I am in, it's like, I don't know that I was transported. I don't want to make it like over-spiritual. But it's just what I, what I experienced was I am standing in a hallway this marble floor hallway. The floor was like white marble. Spectacular. And the walls of this hallway are tall. Really, really high ceiling. And it's paneled wood. Deep, dark paneled wood all the way to the ceiling. And this hallway is long, like a mile. We use kilometers or miles, I don't know. We use miles. Okay, so it's like a mile. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but it like goes way down. And the, this hallway gets narrow and then turns. And it is completely silent. I'm like, wow. This hallway is wide. Not quite like this room, but it's way taller. And... And I'm completely alone. Like, huh. And right down the hallway, a distance, is this massive wooden door. And it's standing open. Just a little crack is open. But the door is thick. Like, huge, massive. But the door is ajar, and this sliver of light is coming into this hallway. Better check that out. So I start walking, and I'm holding a bucket and a broom. I'm like, huh. And I look down, and I'm wearing this white linen one-piece, like, clothing thing. It wasn't a jumper. It wasn't like PJs with feet. I mean, it was relatively cool. But it just like, it was like dirty. It was clean, but it had stains on it. And I thought, huh, I'm a janitor. Awesome. So I, I sneak down this hallway. It is dead silent. And I sneak down. And I get up to the door, and I look inside, and it's like, Bright, bright light. And I'm like, ah, getting my, my eyes to adjust to the light. And I'm leaning in, and this voice says, Stephen, come inside. <laughs> Scares me right out of the whole vision. Just, <laughs> I'm gone. I'm like, what was that? Awesome. 
God, can I go back there? Well, I, it was time for me to go. I had to get to work, so I went to work. But all day, I'm just like, that was cool. I would like to do that again. So I, um, I kind of got like, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll go through my day, and this was prayer before work is what it was. So I'm just by myself. So I go, okay, to tomorrow. God, here's the deal. I'm going to get all cleaned up. I'm like going to get on my protocol. I'm going to go back to this place, and I'm going to ask God if I can get in that room. I don't know how to do this, okay? I don't know how this works, but I think, well, let's give it a shot. So next morning, here it comes. I'm all excited. I go into my prayer place, which is the chapel up at Bethel, and this little, little teeny building, and I go back in there, and I'm like, Papa, can I go back? Nothing. How do I, God, how can I do that again? What was that? Why did you show me that? Nothing. So I thought, well, you know how it happened? I'm thinking to myself. I was, I was standing in prayer. I was right over here. And I had my eyes closed. And I was just kind of talking to God. And it was this hallway. Remember, God, this hallway, this, this white marble on the floors. And the walls were wooded. And I'm just kind of like reliving it. I'm imagining it. And I think, just, just in my head, I'm just imagining it. I'm like, okay, so, so, oh, 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 I remember. I had a bucket and a broom. Don't know what those are. And I was dressed in that linen thing. And the door, that big massive door, I remember that cracked open. And I remember peeking inside. And God, if I did it again, I would push that door open. Just what I'm doing. I mean, it's not spiritual. I'm just like, this is what I would do. I would push that door open. I would look in there. Because you said, come inside. And I hear God say, Stephen, come inside. And I'm back in the spot. And I'm like, oh. And so I walk into this, this room. Now, it's hard on my eyes. I have to adjust to it because it's really bright inside. And I, I get in there. And I look around. And the room is the size of a country. I can see the walls, but they're like behind mountain edges. It is a big room. And it's bright, like there's sunlight in there, but it's just like, man. And there's, right inside the door is a throne, but it's backwards. I'm behind the throne. And it's big, but it's not massive. It's just like big for us. And it's red, and it has gold ribbing on it. Is that what you call it? This edge, that rope. And I think, oh, that must be where, where God's sitting. I don't see anything in there. I mean, as far as people or animals or anything. But it's just solemn. And so I, I come in, and I bow down right behind the, this throne. I, I, I was, like, intimidated. It's like, 
I don't know the rules in here, so I, just like that, I, I'm sitting there. And I sit there a while, and I don't know what to say. I'm waiting. There's no voice. Nothing's happening. And I figure out something about myself. I'm not very good at silence. It's a little creepy. So I get a little bit, I'm adjusting around, and I'm a little uncomfortable. And I finally think, oh, prayer time, my prayer list. So I start at the top. Oh, God, you know what I really, what I'd really like to ask you? And he stops me. Now, I never saw him. I just feel his fingers right here. He says, this place, you speak when you're spoken to. Good to know. Out of turn. It's not my turn. So, okay. So, I, okay. So, I'm remembering my time back in this African country. I was like, okay, quiet time. And it's uncomfortable. You ever notice how that is? You ever have someone that when you're like, you get in that, nobody's talking, it gets really tense somehow. It's like, pretty soon it's like, oh, what do you think of those, you know, those, what do you, I was going to say those Dodgers, but you don't have Dodgers here. That's a baseball team. What do you talk about here? I mean, you know. Weather. The weather. What do you think about those log throwers up north? What do you call that? Were they? Yeah. Tossing. Uh, you know. Uh, anyway, so you kind of come up with stuff. Just like, wow. Uh, and it's, you know, because you're just trying to fill space. And I found myself doing that. It just kind of like, start coming out of me. And I started talking again. And just like that, he stops my lips. And he says, in this place, you can't bring that. Oh, my bucket. My bucket. I don't even know what my bucket is, but I've got a bucket. <laughs> and a broom, and I'm wearing these linen leotard things. No, they're not. They're just like this. What is that? There's no legs in it. Tunic. That's it. It's a tunic. That sounds way cooler, doesn't it, than leotards or something. So, <laughs> onesies. So, in my tunic, thank you, my bucket and my broom, and God says, you can't bring that in here. Yes, sir. So, I get up, and I set outside the door, I set down my bucket, and I set down my broom, and I go back in. And I kneel down, and I wait. And, it, and I begin to say, again, I just like I'm, words are on the, on the verge of coming out of my mouth. And he stops me, and he says, in this place, you can't bring that in here. And I've got the bucket and the broom again. Like, 
Oh, my sorry. I, I was sure I left that outside. <laughs> okay, so I'm learning protocol in this place. There's no rules. No one's ever told me. And I'm, I'm learning. And I sit for a long time, it seemed like. It was probably two minutes. But you know how it is. It feels like an eternity. Finally, my time is up because I've got to go to work. And I leave. I just kind of go, okay. And I get up and I walk out and I go to work. And I, I started practicing this every day. Well, not every day. But when I would have time with prayer, I would practice. And, you know, I thought, can I just like imagine my way in, God? Is that even legal? And then uh, he said, well, he didn't say I read. Oh, we have the mind of Christ. Oh, okay. This redeemed imagination. I'm going to use my redeemed imagination to find my way into this experience. I'm going to do this. So I practice day after day. It's been years now. I've been practicing. And I learned some things in there. And that's what I want to tell you. I learned what the bucket was. The bucket is fear. And we fill it with our fears and we carry it around all the time. And we use it before the throne to motivate our prayers. Now, he didn't tell me that. I was just sitting in there one day, not heard a word, nothing. And I got up and I walked out and I realized, I know what the bucket is. It's fear. It's like my spirit was learning in this quiet place. Every time I would ask, he would stop me. Every time I would begin to speak, he would stop me. This was like a different place in heaven. It was just like a new room I had found. Now, in the other room, I'd learned things like petitioning prayer, the things we need. And I was really good at that. But in this new room, I learned that there are three seats of motivation. The seat of fear, the seat of love, and the seat of self Selfish ambition. And those propel our voices. They propel the words out of us. And I learned to sit quietly. If I was seated on the seat of fear, I couldn't stay quiet because that fear bubbled out of me in the form of my prayer list, which is kind of a bummer because that showed me how much of my fear, how much of my prayer life was motivated by fear. And in this place, I was learning to be quiet. I was learning that if I sat on the seat of selfish ambition, it's also very loud. It's very active. It doesn't allow quiet very well. But every time I would start to speak, God would stop me and he would say, those things aren't allowed in here. Oh. And I learned that sitting on the seat of love 
is very quiet. It's just really quiet. No agendas. Hmm. Most of the time, I probably can't, right now I can't think of five times I actually heard God say anything. All the times I would leave and know stuff. I don't even know how. Like, huh. And this is another thing I learned. I learned what the tunic was. The tunic was my disguise. It was my false identity. When I first was there, I thought, I know what the tunic is. This is my reasoning. The tunic, do I have like five minutes? The tunic was my my man-made identity. Like, just like Adam and Eve covered themselves up and we, you know, we're doing it here. We've got our clothes that associate us with some people and disassociate it with others, don't we? we? We kind of like group ourselves and identify ourselves based on how we're dressed. Did you notice that? And God was teaching me to sit shirtless. Sorry for the imagery. Sorry for the visual. Don't go there. But I had to learn that God, our Father, made me just like I was and was content with who I was. And I had to learn how to sit in Daddy's presence. And it was hard because of my habit of sitting on the seat of fear or the seat of selfish ambition. I kind of identify myself or cover myself. And God was saying, you got to leave all that outside. Really interesting. I hope you hear what I'm trying to communicate. I'll land this really quickly. The Lord has shown me a place that I want to leave with you. He's shown me the difference between petition and inquiry. They're different. Petition asks for what you need. It could be as simple as a groan, or it could be as complex as a thesis, but it is us requesting. But there's another place we can go. And what I find interesting in Scotland is God is activating a church to carry a revival. But you're going to not you're going to need more than just the ability to petition. You're going to need the ability to inquire. It was the secret of Solomon. The Bible says, my last comment. The Bible says that 
the queen of Sheba came and was left breathless. You know that story? Do you know that it, it doesn't say that Solomon knew everything. It said that nothing was hidden from Solomon. God, I ask that you would wrap us with your mysteries. God, I ask that you would tutor us in the meaning of inquiry. I pray 1 Corinthians 2 over this church. And I'll just read it very quickly. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. In the same way, Who can know the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God? Lord, I pray inquiry will carry the revival, the hallmark in the revival of this country. And I bless this church, and I bless the men and women to hear mysteries of God. You told us we would be stewards of your secrets. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.